The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. All right, let's go to our guest line and bring uh, Karen Anderson in. Karen um, is a professional animal communicator, a psychic, and a medium, and she's from the eastern Washington area. Karen, welcome to Beyond Reality Radio. Great to have you on the program. Guys, thanks so much for having me, you guys. I've been so excited about this all day. It's been like, oh, well, we've so been excited. yeah, we've been excited to have you on, and we've um, you know we've been promoting your appearance um, probably the last week and a half or so, and our audience is very excited to have you on as well. Awesome! I'm glad to be here. I've got lots of stories for you, and, and hope to answer a lot of your questions. Good. Great. Well, well, welcome to the show. Yeah, let's start Thank out. You. Let's start out by uh, getting a little bit of your history and your background. You said that um, you realized uh, when you were young that you had abilities uh, to talk to animals. How did that happen? How old were you? Well, the earliest I can remember, I was about five or six, and um, I had a, a dog named Prince um, when I was growing up, and I could just understand him. I knew what he was thinking. I knew what he was feeling. But it was on the level of what a five or six year old would understand. And I could actually tell my parents things about him that I couldn't have possibly known. So that's my earliest memory was, was my, my dog, Prince. How were you able to actually tell that you were able to understand him or see or just know what he was feeling at, at that age? Well, we would have little conversations back and forth with each other. So it would be... Um, very similar to if you walk in your house and talk to one of your animals right now, it would be like that, except it was a quiet conversation I had in my mind, and we just understood each other. We just knew what the other one was thinking and feeling. Did you get any, like, um, physical confirmation that parts of the conversation you were having, which was, again, mentally or telepathically, um, you could confirm it, like, like, did the dog communicate with you, hey, I, I, I want to, I don't even know, go, go outside, and, and you could, you know, did you have that kind of specific conversation, or was it more feelings and just kind of understandings? There were some specifics. Um, one of the things I remember is that um, I woke up one night, he, he slept in my room, I woke up one night, and he was really restless, and um, I was asking him what was wrong. Uh, telepathically, and he told me that his his tummy hurt and that he wanted to go sleep out on the tiles out in the hallway. And so I went out there and I slept on the tiles with him, and when my parents got up the next morning, they found me laying there with him, and I had my hand on his tummy, and they said, what are you doing? And I said, well, Prince says his tummy hurts. Well, it turned out that he had a severe pancreatitis. Ooh. And, yeah, and back in the 60s, which is when this was, you know, that was pretty much a fatal condition for dogs because they didn't really understand too much about um, pancreatitis back then. So there were things like that that happened that I couldn't have possibly known at that age. Okay. And, and animals are just, <clears throat> by their nature, they're, they're more sensitive than us anyways. They're able to, uh, <clears throat> sorry about that, they're able to pick up on things that, uh, even without us saying it, it's like I've, I've sat on the couch and grabbed a chip, had a chip in my hand and thought, you know, I'm going to give this to Tucker, my, one of my dogs. And sure enough, he could be laying there on the floor, and without me even saying it, He'll lean up, look at me like he, he heard me, walk over and wait for the chip. So do animals seem to be a lot more sensitive and already in tune, I, w I would have to say. Would, would you agree with that? 
I would totally agree with that. And anyone who has an animal at home, we all know that they already know what we're thinking and feeling. I mean, take that example with the chip. When you take that chip and put it in your hand, you think to yourself, I'm going to give this to Tucker. What you're doing is you're flashing an image in your mind of that chip and Tucker, and you're putting that together in an image. It's like a lightning-fast um, image that goes out to your animals, they can pick up on that and they see that and they understand it. They've learned to tune out 95% of what we talk about because it's, it doesn't make any sense to them or it's irrelevant to them, but they know to key in on certain things such as their name or their favorite treat or going for a walk or something else that they really like. They pay attention to those things and boy oh boy, they know how to tune in and read our minds. And, and a perf another good example would be if you have a cat, let's say you have a 10 o'clock appointment at the vet, you're already gearing up like on a Saturday morning, okay, I got to get the cat carrier out of the garage, I'm going to have to chase the cat around the house because we have a 10 o'clock appointment. Before you even get the cat carrier, your cat's already gone, very disappeared, hiding. Yeah. It's like, well, how, how did they know? Because those thoughts that run through your mind, they can pick up on those. So they're already reading your mind long before the appointment even starts. See, I've always chalked that up to, uh, and to be honest, like I, I own two cats and I love them dearly, but I always chalked that up to that cats are just, they're jerks. Let's be honest. <laughs> they are, they are jerks. I love my cats dearly, but they are jerks and they only come around when they want something from you. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> uh, no, no, I, I don't know. You've never met my cats then because they only come around when they want something. Karen, I, you know, what you just said is pretty interesting. You use an example of, of a vet appointment or something at 10 o'clock. And I've always found that my dog, um, if, the, if, if I intend to take my dog on a trip, you know, to, to the lake house or whatever, um, I have to concentrate really hard not to give any signals or thoughts about that. Otherwise, the dog is a pain in the neck until we leave. Because, see? as you said, yeah. they pick up on it. They and once they figured out what's happening, whether they see the image right. or whatever, you know, they they're anxious to do it and they won't leave you alone. So I actually very consciously work very hard to try to not think about it and not give any signals, body language. I mean, the slightest thing will tip the dog off. Right, and they've learned to pay attention to the things that matter to them. They've learned to tune out the things that don't matter to them. They don't need to hear about you know, the politics or the stock exchange or, you know, they don't need that. That, that doesn't help them in, in their world. It doesn't mean anything to them. But, boy, you talk about their treat or their toy or going for a ride or for a walk or to the lake house or that chip that's in your hand. They're going to tune into those things. That's what they do. Hey, gang, it's JV here. We hope you're enjoying this episode of Beyond Reality Radio. Some of you are new to the program. And some of you have been with us for years. And no matter if you're interested in ghosts, the UFO phenomenon, conspiracy discussions, or any of the other topics we explore on this program, we do it for you. Our goal here is to help find answers to some of the world's most enduring mysteries. And as we continue to bring you interviews and discussions each night, it's important that we get your feedback and even more importantly, your support. The media landscape is forever changing. And as it does, we need to be able to change with it. That's why it's important for you right now to go to our youtube channel and subscribe once on youtube just search for jv johnson you'll find it there subscribe it's all free and it'll make you part of our global community
In addition, Beyond Reality Radio is available as a podcast. Go to your favorite podcast platform and search for Beyond Reality Radio and subscribe there as well. And finally, we have an archive program that you may enjoy as well. This show can be found on major podcast platforms, and it's called Beyond Reality Paranormal. By supporting us in one or all of those places, you can be sure we'll be able to continue to deliver quality shows to you, no matter what form the media landscape takes. As a paranormal historian, I promise you the best and most entertaining conversations as we continue to hunt for the truth. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply discussion tonight revolves around the animal world actually we've got karen anderson who is a animal communicator also a psychic and medium and we were talking about um how animals well not only are they um sensitive but um they actually are really in tune with with what we're thinking and and everything we're doing and uh karen i wanted to bring up an article that i actually talked about in the intro of the program uh, some scientists in hungary have actually done some experiments and some uh uh, behavioral research, I guess, is more appropriate. And they've determined that dogs not only do what we, I think we all expect and think that they do, which is res- re- respond to the inflection in our voice and maybe the tone of our voice, but they actually can understand the words according to this research. There are some people that say that the sample size wasn't big enough, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm not sure. Were you, did you see this article and are you familiar with that research? Um, I did see the article, and I'd have to tell you, um, yes, they understand words, individual words, and yes, they understand tone. Um, it wasn't a surprise to me. So you you did you did see the research? I did. Yeah. Yes. And and because what they're I guess what they're saying is that in in their experiments they used certain words that got a certain response. And if they even when they changed the tonality of how the word was delivered, they got a, a similar response, which would indicate that the dog actually understood the actual word. So that's that's a that's it's a big step forward in the understanding of how a dog uh, thinks and hears and responds. Absolutely, they they understand a whole lot more than than you will ever realize, and they continually amaze me. Uh, when I have a session, I am just completely blown away sometimes by some of the things that they'll mention or talk about. They don't understand the big picture of things, but they certainly understand certain concepts. And like we were saying, the things that are important to them, uh, yeah, they understand that stuff. But well, I've even had uh, oh, go, I've go even ahead. had animals show me things about um, their humans going through bankruptcy, and the way that they showed me the bankruptcy is I kept seeing numbers were upside down. So I kept asking their, the humans, well, do you have something going on with your finances? I'm seeing all these upside-down numbers. It was really weird. I had never seen that before. And at first they were like, no, we don't know what that is. No, I don't know what that is. And then finally we, they said, well, we're going through a bankruptcy right now. So the horse didn't understand what the concept of a bankruptcy is, but he knew that there were, the numbers were not good and was turning them upside down. So, I yeah, that's... I'm not surprised at all by that, and and they know so much about us. It's it's kind of mind blowing. It's interesting. Do you mind taking a, a listener call? Oh sure. Okay, we're going to go to Val from Indiana. Val, welcome to Beyond Reality Radio. You're on with Karen Anderson. Hi, hi, Karen. <laughs> hi. 
Val, did you have a yeah? Did you have a question or something you wanted to share? Now, as a pet psychic, can you read pet like over the phone and whatnot? Um, Well, all my sessions are over the phone, um, but they're I my clients send me the pictures of their animals, so I'm connecting with the animal's photo. That's the method that I use to connect to them. It's like having that animal's cell phone number. I just dial up their energy by having their photo. So that's the that's how I connect. Did Plus, you, I like looking at the pictures. Val, did you have a, an issue with one of your pets that you were hoping to get some guidance on? <laughs> no, my pets are awesome. They are great. <laughs> um, I was just. Did you just want to know what they were thinking? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, because my cat's really cool. My dog's kind of fidgety, mm-hmm. and you know, just just out of curiosity. Probably thinking you should close the bathroom door. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't know. I don't know if uh, Karen can help you out with that at all. But um, I, I don't know. What do you think, Karen? <laughs> well, like I said, I I work with the animals' photo. That's how I connect okay. with them. So I would really need to to see the photo and 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 open up to their energy and and see what was going on that way. That's how they. That's how we open up our line of conversation. It's it's like just how you called in to the show tonight. You know, you called in on the the line and and they answer the phone on the other end it's kind of the same way of how i connect with the animals val any other questions or anything else karen can help you with at this point no just wanted to tell her i thought that was really cool what she does and you know well, thank you great well thanks for the call thank let's you. let's go to uh, diane in denver diane uh, you're on beyond reality radio with karen anderson hi there karen i think it's awesome what you do do you connect with deceased pets I do, in exactly the same way. I work off of a photo. It's ex- it's actually easier for me to connect with an animal who is uh, deceased because that animal is pure energy. There's no physical body that gets in the way, so there's fewer distractions. Um, they're just pure. It's like pure energy. It's like pure love. So it's much easier for me to connect with an animal who has passed on than an animal that is here. It's the same process, though. Okay. okay. Um, will we get your number later? About two years ago, I lost my wonderful, awesome, half-human cat to coyotes in the neighborhood, and it was just—it just killed me. Just you know, I—I I still oh, miss sorry. him, and I would just be so thrilled to be able to to have that closure. Hey, Karen, go ahead and get, go ahead and give Diane your um, your website or your telephone number, whichever is best right now. We're going to give it later in the program, but now that you've got her on the phone, do that, and then we've got to take a quick break. Okay. The website is karenanderson.net, and the number is area code 510-854-6003. Hey, Karen, now, it's of course, it's a proven fact that dogs understand... Uh, they can retain uh, many one to two syllable words, and that's why they always recommend that you you name your dog within a one or a two syllable word. Uh, it makes it easier for them to re- remember their names. Now, when you're communicating with them, of course, it's not like if you're communicating with a dog in Germany, uh, there's a language barrier. But what a lot of people don't understand is that the language barrier really isn't there when you're communicating psychically. Correct. That is so correct, and I found that out, actually, because I had a client who purchased a very expensive um, show horse in Germany, and it was trained in Germany, bred in Germany, raised in Germany, the whole thing, all German language, and she asked me if I would be able to connect with this horse, 
And I had no idea. This was many, many years ago. So I opened up to this horse's energy, and it spoke perfect English to me. There wasn't even a German accent. Like, I was expecting kind of Colonel Klink's accent to come through or something. <laughs> One of my favorite <laughs> but, shows, by the way. But instead right, you got Mr. Ed. <laughs> right. But there was no accent at all. And um, when you connect telepathically, the messages come to you in a way that you understand them. So if I was from another country, it would come to me in the language that I understood. So I use my symbols, and the messages come to me in my language so that I understand it. Okay, so, yeah, so in other right. words, like like a built-in translator, a uh, built-in, well, just like a built-into-your-head translator when it comes down to energy, and that could be something in the brain being able to uh, just manipulate it and decode it for you. Exactly, and, and I can't tell you, Jason, how it works. I can only tell you that it does work, and I just go with it, and I don't try to figure out how. I'm not scientific, or I don't need to know how it works. I just love the fact that it does work, and it's, it's just amazing that it can happen that way. Okay, so we, we had uh, somebody in the chat room ask a question earlier. Uh, Z Gibbons was asking about... Um, if uh, you if you know anything with the rainbow bridge and are the pets waiting for us on the other side our well, past pets that uh, we've had throughout the years it's kind of like that um i'll tell you that they are never very far from us even animals that we had as we, when we were kids um, they're never more than a thought away so when you think about an animal or a human loved one that has passed on what it does is it draws them closer to you. It draws their energy in like a moth to the flame. So it, some of the animals are doing other things um, on the other side. I've, I've had some animals come through and say, well, we're in this one area with all these other animals. I've had some come through and say, no, I'm around my humans. Um, I've had other animals tell me that they're in their favorite places, doing their favorite things. They can be in all different places they're not limited like you and I are, where we can only be in one place at one time. Energy can be in more than one place at one time. So they can be doing different things, but when you think of them, it draws their energy closer and it condenses it and it brings them near you. Does that make sense? Well, it does. It, it makes a lot of sense. Why do people call you? What types of problems do they have and are they, uh, what, what are the types of things they're looking for you to help them solve? Well, uh, one of the uh, most popular reasons that people contact me is they're, they want to check in with an animal that is either um, in pain or recovering from an illness or an injury. They want to check on their comfort levels and make sure that they're doing okay. Um, that's a very, very common call that I get. And animals are able to share their levels of pain with me or areas that they're feeling discomfort in. And sometimes I work with uh, the clients and their veterinarians to help pinpoint a particular problem area or something that they can't uh, figure out on their own. So we work, we all work together to try to help the animals um, be more comfortable. And then I also have many clients contact me when it's near the end of their animal's life because they're looking for some kind of uh, validation that the animal is ready to leave their body and nobody wants to make that decision so it's always nice to check in and see how the animal feels about whether or not they want to stay and continue on or if they're ready to leave so that's a very common session that i have too 
Okay, let's uh, then, go ahead. Go ahead. Everything it. else in between: behavior problems, litter box issues, aggression issues, anxiety—just a little bit of everything. Let's go to the phone line and bring in uh, Joseph from Boston. Uh, Joseph, welcome to Beyond Reality Radio. Hi, it's kind of hard to hear you. Kind of low, and Karen, you're on a cell phone. I'm a blind person. Before I get on, I lost your number. She gave it to me. Your producer, can you give it to me again so I could take it down? And then I want to ask you a question. You want Karen's number? Yeah, the number that, that she gave, the 510 number, is it? Yep, go ahead, Karen. 510-854-6003. You say people have to give you a, have to give you a, a photo. I don't have a picture of my seeing-eye dog. He's dead. I used to. Is that the only way you can tune into them? Or, or unless you saw the dog there in person, right? Well, um, I can work with just a description it just takes me a little bit longer. It's not something I would want to take up airtime with. So no. I am able to work off of your description. If you would like to schedule a session, yes, that is something that I can do. What do you mean by description? Like he's a, he was a shepherd. It's hard to describe him, but he was a big shepherd. Um, what do you mean? I don't know what you mean. I would have you describe them to me, and then I would go through my process of opening up the energy yeah. so that I could make the connection. Are you expensive? I tell you what, I tell you what Joseph, Joseph, I'm going to I'm not going to I'm going to let you go right now. You did get her number, right? So you can contact uh, Karen independently and have that conversation with okay, her. Well, okay. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks. I've never heard of, heard of this before. I'm interested in this. That's great. And we appreciate the call, Joseph. Thanks so much. Uh, okay. All right. So, um, yeah. So, Joseph, and anybody with those types of questions, probably best just to contact you directly, Karen, right? Right, and all of this information is on my website for all, everyone in, uh, on, in the chat room and everyone listening. I have so much information on there uh, about the animal sessions I do, the human sessions I do, lost animals information. There's uh, My Facebook page is full of stuff as well, tons and tons of information. All my prices are listed on there, even a special if you're a new client and you get $25 off your first session if you sign up for my email newsletter. It's all on my website, okay, and no- Um Before we go to any more phone calls, I did want to go back to something you said when you were talking about your clients. You said you work with veterinarians as well. Do you find that they're accepting of what the work that you do? Oh, yes, absolutely. It never used to be that way. Um, it's come a long way in the last 10 years or so. And now I have veterinarians actually reaching out to me. I work with several of them. And, um, and it, it really is, you know, some information is better than no information. If they can find, get insight onto how an animal is feeling when they've kind of run into a dead end and don't know where else to go, I can at least give them um, more information and show them things that the, uh, tell them things that the animals are showing me or telling me to help them come up with their diagnosis and a, um, a treatment program for the animals. So it's a win-win situation. Now, you had mentioned somewhere, I think I read, maybe on your website, um, that you also have some involvement in law enforcement. Yeah, I'm a former deputy sheriff from Colorado. Karen, do you, did you find any um, marriage between your law enforcement work when, or when you did it or even continuing and your, your abilities as an animal communicator? Well, actually, my abilities started to come back to me in full force when I was on the department uh, because I was thrown right on the night shift, right out of the police academy, and I was the only female um, officer on, on the department, and they stuck me right on night shift. And night shift means you're out there by yourself. There's no backup car. So, 
if I got called to, let's say, a domestic violence call, I had to go there by myself and figure out what was going on with no backup. Ooh. So I, I had to learn to work very smart, and I had to learn to be very intuitive and listen to that inner voice. And that's where all my intuitive abilities started to kick back in again. If you think about it, there isn't a, a good cop out there that doesn't trust their gut feeling, their intuition, and their instincts. They don't call it intuition. They call it a gut feeling. They don't like to admit that they're intuitive. Most cops don't anyway. But that's what they're doing. They're trusting their instincts. You'll hear them say, I just had a feeling it was this guy. I don't know where I got it, but I just had a feeling that this was the guy. Good cops use their instincts and intuition all the time, and that's where mine started to come back full force. Common thing, yeah, where you know I, I could feel it was this guy or I just had a feeling that this person was lying to me or, or yeah. Right. So, yeah, and it's true. It's, you know, that's one of those things where you get they, – they, when they trust their judgment or those feelings, they really a lot of times comes back to be correct. We're talking with Karen Anderson. She's a professional animal communicator, psychic and medium from the eastern Washington area. And uh, we're talking about her abilities with being able to communicate with animals. Um, Karen, are you a believer in uh, reincarnation? Absolutely. Okay, so I have a question, and it came from a very close friend of mine, uh, Chris Perkins. Um, she was wondering, if you believe in reincarnation, have you ever had any experiences that would lead you to believe that animals have ever had a human life? Yeah, in fact, I've heard many many times um, that my clients will contact me and say, you know, um, I think my cat is my grandmother, you know, that I, I get these calls and we're able to validate some information that would make sense to that person. It doesn't happen very often. Usually if a cat passes away, they come back as a cat. If a dog passes away, they come back as a dog. But there are a few cases, there's always a few cases out there where an animal and a human will exchange and come back as each other. So, well, there's your answer, Chris. Hopefully uh, that made sense to you. Okay, let's go to the phone line. We have Jean from Michigan calling in, wants to speak to Karen. Welcome to Beyond Reality Radio, Jean. Hi, thank you. You're welcome. You have a question for Karen? Yeah, um, I have a colleague named Brandy. She's 13, and she will not go down in my basement. She never has. In fact, we had a tornado go over us last weekend, and uh, we had to carry her down there, but she stayed right by my side. My grandkids are also scared of the basement when they were younger, and they said they saw a little girl playing down there in a crouching, flesh-colored, scampering something like you uh, chased in one of the asylums. I have had a cloaked fig figure glide into my bedroom, and blocked my vision of the television, and I got rid of it by saying some things. And with God's help, I got rid of it. Just wondering why my dog is afraid, and if she is sick or sad. She's 13. So, so Jean, just so I get this straight, you sound like you have some paranormal stuff going on in the home. Is your question for Karen um, about the dog's sensitivity why, why to that? the dog seems to be fearful of the activity in the house. Right. She just won't go... She just scrambles right past the basement door and goes out into the breezeway. I have a ranch-style house, and uh, she just is scared to death of the basement. So, Karen, why would you think the dog would be scared of uh, possibly seeing some sort of an entity when uh, it's not like a dog's ever grown up being taught to be fearful of these things? 
No, but they're very sensitive about energies, and they if they sense an energy and they don't understand it, or they will react that way. And you'll you might even see your pet looking up at the corner of a room and staring up there, or cocking their head and looking very intently up. And it's always up in the corner. There's just something about the corners. And oh, I can that's explain them that. I can explain that to you in a, in a second. But you go ahead with what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, they always they. I have a recliner that's in the corner of my living room, and my dog and my cat will stare over my head. Okay, well, into the, the corner. The, the thing about into the corners the corner. is there's mm-hmm. always been there's always been reports since honestly the beginning of time uh, with people that these entities tend to pull them some different types of entities tend to push themselves into a corner because the corner allows them to condense themselves enough to be able to push through push through areas. Being a corner, they have to you know they're it's getting smaller and smaller as as they go in, allowing them to push themselves through. So it's an, a very common thing for uh, people or animals to witness something happening in a corner of a room. So, oh. um, so well, there you go. And ho- hopefully uh, Karen and I were both able to answer your question. Oh, yeah. Awesome. You, you could come and look and see if you could find anything. <laughs> well, if I'm around that way, I, I, I will. That's fine. Thanks for the yeah. call, Gene. Yeah. Thanks for the call. Yeah, thanks so much. Let's go to what? Uh, and go. the one thing you were saying, Karen, is definitely like Maddie, my dog Maddie. I saved her from a high kill shelter in Tennessee. She was a wild dog. and We had her temperament tested and everything. And, and I got her because I wanted, first off, an animal that could protect themselves in some of these areas that we go in to investigate. But also, I wanted uh, an animal that wasn't already tainted to the elements of you know tv radio all these different things and let me tell you when i got maddie it was incredible because i take her into different locations and she was able to pick up high magnetic fields so Mm -hmm. so quick so easy because these are things that she never really had to deal with being out in the wild so she was that much quicker on picking up on these things that we were or even a lot of times our devices were so I, I can definitely see where you're saying there's so much more in tune with the energy. But uh, all right, well, let's go to back to the phone lines, Jim. Yeah, let's go to Audrey in Kansas. Audrey, welcome to Beyond Reality Radio. Thank you, uh, Jason and Karen. I appreciate it. I have a, I had a, a Siamese that I'd had for 10 years, and she just passed just about a year ago. In fact, a year ago this, this September. And I took a video of her just before she passed, right after one of her seizures, and an orb came into the video, and the sound of the video popped as it came into the video, and then it it left again. And in some of her pictures, I have orbs. And I was just wondering if you could tell me about that. And when I took her to the vet, I wasn't able to hold her as, she was passing, and I, I felt really, really bad about that. I That bothers me a lot. It carries with me yet today that I wasn't able to hold her as she passed over. Um, I'm wondering, please tell me she didn't suffer. Oh, and and well, um, also, we were talking about the, the orbs going in the corners. Um that explains well, why our kittens always staring at yeah, the that's, corner. That's actually beyond orbs. That's more just energy or entities pulling themselves into the corner. I'm going to let Karen respond on the orbs because I've never been a fan of orbs. I've always considered most of them to be, and I believe in some orbs, but I believe most of them are uh, dust, moisture pellets, uh, uh, anything like that. And uh, cameras tend to pixelate around these objects, giving, giving them a circle look. So, But I'm going to let Karen respond on the rest of that. So go right ahead. 
Well, first of all, I'm sorry about your cat, and truly, there, any of us who have loved an animal and had to say goodbye to an animal at some point in time have had to go through that, and it's it's not fun. Even for me, being able to communicate with animals, I'm the biggest baby out there, and when I lose one of mine, it's, it's horrible. So I'm really sorry about that. Um, and what I can tell you about the orbs is, you know, I'm I'm not an orb expert. Um, I communicate with animals and I connect with energy. So if you're seeing orbs in the picture around your animals, you know I I don't know what that would be. That like like Jason and JV were talking about, it could be dust. It, I don't know what it could be. It could be a, a loved one. It could be anything. And and I don't know because that's not my area of expertise. But I can tell you that when we carry around guilt about an animal's passing we continually send that guilty feeling to that animal that has passed. So think about how you want that animal to feel in spirit form on the other side or in heaven or whatever you want to call it. Do you want to pass that feeling of guilt and sorrow and sadness continually on to your animal year after year after year? Or do you want to fill them with love and joyfulness and happiness and appreciation for the time you had with them? Be very mindful of what you're feeling about that because that animal will feel every single thing you are experiencing even stronger once they get on the other side. I, I just was wishing that I could hold her. I didn't know if she was scared because she was passing. She had to be put to sleep, and I just I felt bad I wasn't able to hold her at the time. Um, well, and I understand that that can be a, a real source of guilt for a lot of people who weren't present when their animal passed away, but I will tell you this, there is, on a, every occasion that I connect with an animal that has passed on, the very last thing that they talk about is what happened to them at that moment that they made their transition. That's the last thing that they focus on. They talk about their life with you. They talk about their favorite memories. They talk about things that you're doing currently in your life. It, they they are they very much want us to be happy and to be to live our lives and enjoy the time that we have. They don't want us to be sad and think about a, a sad moment like that. They want us to move past the, past that, and they don't even bring it up to me. Humans bring it up over and over again because we carry this guilt and we feel bad that we weren't there. But honestly, in the animal kingdom, animals go off by themselves to pass away. They don't want to be around people. They don't want us around. They want to go and do their own thing quietly with dignity, with no one looking. It's actually uncomfortable for them to have us hovering and pouring all of that strong emotion onto them. I mean, there's always exceptions to, to every rule out there, but generally speaking, in the animal kingdom, they will go off by themselves. Absolutely. Thanks, thanks, for the so call. thanks for the call. Yeah, thanks for the call, Audrey. We're going to go uh, take a quick break. More phone calls and more discussion with Karen Anderson when we come back. The number is 844-687-7669. It's Beyond Reality Radio. Hey gang, it's JV from Beyond Reality Radio, and I just want to remind you that Scaricon is approaching quickly. You need to put it on your calendar. It's September 30th through October 2nd. What is Scaricon, you ask? 
Well, Scaricon is a fan convention for lovers of paranormal, horror, sci-fi, and pop culture entertainment. The Scaricon weekend includes celebrities from your favorite movies and TV shows, unique vendors, informative panels, film screenings, parties, and much more. It's a weekend full of fun and socializing with some great people. If you need more information about Scaricon, check out the website at Scaricon.com. Also, subscribe to the email list for frequent updates. Scaricon is being held September 30th through October 2nd at Turning Stone Casino and Resort in Verona, New York. It'll be the best weekend of the year, and you don't want to miss it. Visit the website at Scaricon.com. That's Scaricon.com for all of the latest information. And don't forget to check out the Facebook page. See you at Scaricon. We're chatting with Karen Anderson tonight on Beyond Beyond Reality Radio. Jason and JV, thanks to everybody in the chat room. A lot of great questions scrolling through the chat room as we're talking and having our discussion. And we also have a lot of phone calls. Don't forget, tomorrow night is a best of show. And Monday, Mark Anthony, the psychic lawyer and also known as the psychic explorer. He'll be joining us. We've had him on the program in the past. Great conversation, great discussion. It'll be a good program. So, Karen, um, we're going to continue with our phone calls, if that's okay with you. We've got a bunch of them. And this is... Yeah, this is Jay in Florida. Jay is a, a regular caller. Welcome uh, to Beyond Reality Radio, Jay. Good to have you on. Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, good morning, Miss Anderson. Hello. Um, b- before I forget, who is this Captain Clip or whatever, and what show is that from? Captain, or uh, Colonel Clink? <laughs> Colonel oh, Clink. Oh, okay. Colonel Clink. Hogan's Heroes. Hogan's Heroes. <laughs> yeah. Hogan's Heroes. Okay. Hogan's Heroes. It was like Heroes. such a great yeah. show when I was a kid. I yep. loved it. Yep. <laughs> oh, I've heard of it, but I'm just, I'm not familiar enough with it. That's where the whole uh, time, that's, so that's where the whole I see nothing, I hear nothing. It's That's where all that came from. <laughs> you do a great Schultz, Jay. That's you know, really awesome. Like, well, yeah. I am German. So, <laughs> so Jay, what, what, what's your uh, what's on your mind? And Karen, did you say that first pet that you were referring to, the name was Prince? Yes. I, I had um, I think they were Beagles, and they were brothers, and they were Prince and Bully. Um, Aww. And then my stepdad kind of had them. They were more his hunting dogs. And then eventually they went to my grandpa and grandma's. They lived at a county line, like, out in the country. And uh, basically that's where everybody dumped off their cats and dogs. And my grandpa and grandma just, they'd be outside, and they were on a farm, and they'd dump them scraps and stuff. Um, anyways, I don't know if you're really going to be able to answer too many of my questions if you got to have the picture I'd heard you on Coast to Coast uh, recently, and I really enjoyed that. I didn't get through, but I did want to. Um, I wanted to thank you for your service when you were in law enforcement. Um, thank you very much. I appreciate that. And I emphasize with what you were saying about what's going on with all that now in the country um, at the mm-hmm. time. So, um, so if I can get you a photo, which may be a bit of a challenge because it's on a digital camera and we don't have the cord connector right there, but maybe I can do a picture of a picture. Um, are you willing to do anything for free on the house to a limit, or how how does that part work? Or is there like a charger fee for everything? Um, this this is my full time job. This is what I do for a living. So, mm-hmm. you know, think about would would you go to work and not not want to get paid? Would you want to, you know, just show up and and not get compensated for your time? I, I wish I could do this for free. If I were independently wealthy, I would do this for free. But it's it's how I pay my bills. I understand. I just I had to ask because I'm 
not really in a position. But the main thing was I had two Pomeranians, and they both passed away, but it's still a mystery to this day. We don't know how the first one did. And he was our baby. He was our favorite and everything. And it was shortly after we moved here. And then a couple years later, the other one died. And tragically, it was one of our current dogs that we still have. He killed him. That's a bit of a story. We think Mm -hmm. he did it because he was being territorial. When I have my mom and stepdad and brother here, they're female pit bull. And those two never really got along, the Pomeranian that was still alive, with the... uh, with the big black dog, because the little Pomeranian, when we just had the little dogs, he was alpha. And then the big black dog, he he was the new alpha. So they, they never really, really got along. But, I um, yeah, it's still a mystery, and it's always bothered me about how um, we don't know how he died, what happened. He just went downhill very fast, like over a weekend's time. But, yeah, there was, and I didn't get to say goodbye to uh, a black lab mix we had years ago. Uh, my stepdad put him down. And it was so it was it was the combination of grief and sorrow and anger and resentment at my parents, especially my stepdad, that they didn't give me that opportunity. They didn't give me a heads up or anything like that. And I can't believe that because, you know, he, he had been in my life before he was ever in his life. So, Jay, do you think anyway. that do you, Jay, do you think they were trying to spare you from some uh, grief or angst over the decision? Possibly, but that was my decision to make. Yeah. How old were you and at I the time? I was old enough and mature enough at the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. It That kind of goes hand in hand. There's a pattern with my family uh, leaving me out of the loop, so to speak. I might go more into that later because that's a really long story. But anyways, um, I was wondering now, um, or in the past, I don't know if you'll be able to tell me this, maybe you can tell us if there's any hints of uh, any current pets we have now. And I, I have right now I have... Uh, Four dogs, two birds, one cat, and the chickens we have. We, we used to have a lot more. We kind of had a mini farm here. Um, I was wondering if any of them could have been um, reincarnated from before or the past or otherwise or even human. Um, and if there, if there was any signs or tests or anything kind of uh, to know or look for that. And I didn't know if you had any other further advice on uh, grieving and closure, especially now that I kind of told you what my two... Um, most emotional things were. Yeah, a couple that, great. That I am dealt couple, with. couple great questions. And I think that was a big thing because I really didn't allow myself to grieve for the black dog when I was younger, and my parents didn't loop me in. So I wouldn't let myself grieve, is what it was. I was going to have yeah. control over it, and I I chose not to. Okay. And I never really dealt with it, couple, so I didn't grieve and I didn't get closure. Jay, a couple great questions there. Let's let we don't have a lot of time before break, so let's let Karen answer them. The first one is: Is there anything that you can pick up? in a new animal that would tip you off to the fact there might be some connection and reincarnation or something from an old pet? Yes, yes, and that's a great question, and I'll tell you just, I'm going to nutshell this for you here, because sometimes an animal will come in, it's called soul sharing. They'll come into an existing body and share with another soul, and you'll only see little glimpses, or what I call an essence, of the animal that you used to have. It's not the full, complete version that you remember, but there's just little nuances of them. That can happen. Um, and, and sometimes it'll be fleeting, and you'll only see a few things, and you go, oh, my gosh, that totally reminds me of so-and-so, or my, my tomcat used to do that, or whatever it is. It'll be just a fleeting flash. Is it like, other is, times could, it'll be... Could it be something like, uh, if it's a dog, let's say, you know, you, have, you had a dog, the dog passes, you have a new dog, and you suspect that there might be a connection. Say the dog goes after a favorite toy or sits in a favorite place, or, um, you know, those types of things you're talking about? 
Right, exactly. Okay. And, and and another situation would be where it is a, a constant repeating thing that they do that reminds you of an animal that you used to have. So I've seen everything in between. It can be extreme to subtle. And, and sometimes you'll only get a flash of it, and then other times it's kind of a lifelong repeating pattern of something, a characteristic or a trait or something that your other animal used to do. And here's my, my um, take on this. If you feel that it is an animal from your past, it probably is. You're getting that feeling for a reason. You know when there's not a connection there. You've all had an animal that you don't feel connected to. You've all had an animal that you've loved, and then there's been animals that you, like, are so totally connected to. It's the animals that you're so totally connected to that have been with you many, many, many times. So it's not that you love the other ones any less. It's just that they haven't been with you as many times through as many lifetimes as the ones that you feel so connected to. That's what I call a soul connection. Your souls recognize each other, but of course, you know, we don't recognize them because they're in a new body. Right. And then the part B of uh, Jay's question was, how do you help and assist in the process of grief? Um, He feels uh, some regret or some um, actually anger almost it appears in the fact that he wasn't able to say goodbye to a dog that he loved um, and his uh, parents had it put down. So how, how do you help somebody get over something like that in, a, in about a minute? I think, the, I, I think the biggest thing to realize is that the animals don't dwell on that. Um, they really don't want us to either. And how how a session can help or how connecting with your departed animal can help you is they can bring up things that are important to them. They'll bring up things that only you would know about or that only connect with the past that they had with you. And those are the things that they want us to focus on. What you're carrying with you, that anger, that guilt, and that resentment, none of those things even hit the, the Richter scale or the radar for the animals. It doesn't even come up to them. They don't, they don't even mention that to me. So they're in a much better place. They've moved past it. They don't dwell on those things. It's not important to them. They want you to be happy and be in the moment and live your life. And, you know, life is fragile. Let's face it. We need to live in the moment and enjoy every moment we have with them. Right. We're talking with Karen Anderson. I do want to make a comment about... Um, asking Karen to do something for free or no charge. This is her profession, and um, she's more than happy to be on the radio program and offer some advice, but we're not going to offer to um, have her give away her services. That's something that she does to live and uh, feed herself and and pay her bills. So that's the way it's going to be. A family member of somebody in the chat room was sick and unresponsive, and she had a cat, and all she was able to do while she was sick was pet the cat. When uh, this woman passed away, the cat actually passed away two weeks later, and the family member is wondering if there was a some type of connection or bond or a relationship uh, that caused the cat to pass away so quickly after the owner. You know, they, their sole purpose in life is to help us uh, while we're here, and, and they, they're very devoted to that. So I hear this quite a bit where once their human passes, then the animal passes too. They feel like their, their job is complete. Their task is done. And, um, and, and, and that would, that's truly a reflection of something like that. It, it happens quite a bit, actually. And that's not, that's not uncommon, honestly. There's been a lot of reports of uh, after a There's child a passes away, a child passes yep. away, the, uh, the dog, the family dog will pass away as well. And it'll be a dog that's always been around that child. 
since the day they were born. So yeah, it, that's a it's a common thing. Okay, let's go to Dwayne in Washington. Dwayne, welcome to Beyond Reality Radio. Good to have you on the program. Hey, Jason, JV, Karen. Uh, it's a pleasure to be on the show. Great to have you on. Thanks. Um, hey, I got a question. Um, I'm not much a big believer in the psychic per se. Okay. But my whole life, I've been able to like connect with animals. I mean, you name it. For some reason, I have a bond with them. I mean, my mind is a little open that I think maybe I can do what you do. I mean, I like walk up to Rottweilers, you know, in the back of somebody's truck and just, you know, have fun with them and connect with them. But I never seem to have a problem with it. I like I connect with, and I feel they're almost like weird, but like a human soul or something. There's some kind of connection. So if my mind is open to this, and maybe there's a little something you could help me open my mind to a little more to maybe entertain this more. Great. Like people tell me this all the time. I watch animals on the TV, and I speak for them, and everybody that sits around goes, how the heck do you know what they're saying? And I said, I don't. I just feel it. Great question, Dwayne. That's a great question. Now, Karen, is is this something that somebody can have a little bit of and then learn how to use it better, control it better, and um, actually develop it? Yeah, you know, it's very similar to, like, um, for instance, the, the popular show The Voice. You know, you have some people on there that are just natural talents. They're gifted. Uh, they don't need a whole lot of coaching at it. They they just It just naturally comes to them. And then you have others that have to work really hard at it, and they have to practice and practice. What I do is the same thing. It's a skill. And if you use the skill and you practice, you can become very good at it. If you don't use it as much, then you're not going to be as tuned in. So and, like a muscle. And just, Exactly. It's muscle memory. And, you know, if, if that old saying is true. If you don't use it, you lose it. And um, and if you're feeling like you have the ability to communicate with animals, I have no doubt. I think we can all communicate with animals. It's just whether or not we're listening when they respond. You know, we tend to discount what we get because we think, oh, it's my imagination or it's one of our animals. So we think we already know, we already knew that about them, so we couldn't have possibly gotten that message. And that's really common when it comes to learning how to do this. So what I tell my students, because I teach classes, is I teach them to practice on animals that you're not familiar with, but animals that you can question their humans to validate the information that you get after you've had your communication session with them. So that's my little secret. So we already know a lot about our own animals, but when you communicate with an animal that you're not familiar with, you're able to validate that information with their human. Does that help you, Dwayne? It does. That, that's awesome. I mean, I mean I'm going to open my mind a little more to this. And uh, is there a place, uh, do you have an online, anything? I may have missed I kind of came into the show late, but is there a... Yeah, Karen, go uh, ahead give the website again. Uh, an email or something? Yeah, um, my, my website is karenanderson.net. Uh, I teach classes. I do two paranormal events a year, and I teach um, intro to animal communication classes there. Uh, they're both in the state of Washington, but I offer online private or on-the-phone private mentoring if you want to learn how to communicate with animals. Um, and all of this information is on my website at karenanderson.net. I have two books out, too, if I can get a little plug in. One is called Hear All Creatures, and it's my journey of how I learned to understand what the animals are saying and how you can understand them, too. And my second book is called Amazing Paranormal Encounters, Volume 2, where I share my most amazing paranormal experiences from actual sessions. So, uh, Karen, one thing you were saying uh, earlier, you were talking about 
how animals tend to go off and die. And that is a very common thing for dogs and cats, uh, among many other animals, correct? You are absolutely correct. In the animal kingdom, I mean, think about it. An animal is going to leave their flock or their herd or their pack for a couple of reasons. They don't want to draw predators in because, you know, the predators always go after the weakest one. And so they they go off by themselves and they distance themselves so that they don't um, put the pack or the herd in harm's way or in danger for predators. You know, we want to surround our animals and hug them and kiss them and, you know, do all this stuff when they're getting ready to leave their body. And, you know, death is not pretty. And even for animals, they, they have a strong will to survive. And Mother Nature wants them to try to hold on to that last breath as long as they can. And it's a struggle to leave their body. And they really don't want us to see them like that. They want to be in a quiet, calm, peaceful surrounding. They would prefer that, and that's why they go off by themselves, too, so they can pass quietly. Um, But when we get around them and and we're high emotions and we're throwing ourselves on them... Yeah, they don't don't want that, especially at the end. They don't want that. No way. uh, So here's a controversial uh, question, though. When it comes down to... All right, when our adults get old and frail and and sick and they're they're coming near the, the end of life... We don't take them and have them put down. And bottom line, we don't. It's uh, So what gives us the right to take an animal to a vet and have the veterinarian put the animal to sleep? I understand a lot of people out there say, well, you know, it's a humane thing to do, but that would kind of be like saying the humane thing to do with an old sick adult would be the same thing. And, uh, you know, my father, my father's got MS and cancer. We never thought about putting him down. So what gives us the right as individuals, as human beings to play God when it comes to an animal to decide when we're going to take that animal in and actually have that animal put to sleep? It is a, it is an impossible decision. And, and, I don't have the answer to that. I think it's a personal choice that you have to make. I think it is what what your beliefs and your relationship is with your animal. I don't think that there's a right answer there. I think it's a personal decision and a private decision. But as a, as, a thinking, as a psychic uh, with animals, do you feel that it's uh, the right move or with your connection with animals, you know, have you ever got the feeling that maybe that is, again, playing God in a, in a situation that we really shouldn't? Um, I, I have gotten that feeling before. I also have talked to animals that have told me, please, I don't want to do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. This, you know, this is not, this is horrible. I've had both sides of it and then everything in between. But I will yeah. tell you this. I haven't had a single animal come to me and say, they took me too soon. They took my life too soon. It's quite the opposite. The animals come to me and say, boy, I was ready to go a long time ago. Hey, uh, Karen, we're almost out of time, but I wanted to give you uh, the last uh, 45 seconds or so to, again, mention your website, your phone number, your books, and anything else you want to mention. Okay, well, and first let me thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. I've been looking forward to this, and um, it's a great opportunity to to share the experiences I have with everybody out there who loves their animals. And please check out my website. There's a lot of information on there. It's KarenAnderson.net. My book is called Hear All Creatures, and the second book is Amazing Paranormal Encounters, Volume 2. 
and the number to reach me is area code 510-854-6003 if you're interested in classes or signing up for a session. Um, I'm, I'm booked out pretty far right now. I think the first available is coming up in October. So I'm really super busy, so you just have to kind of bear with me. Um, if, if you have an emergency, I offer emergency sessions, but all of that is done online. All right, great. And I'd love to hear from you. Thanks so much for being on the program, Karen. We, we had a great discussion. Our, our chat room loved it as well. So thanks for all the very thought-provoking questions. Jay, you had to put that zinger in there in the last second. Um, I know, man. I got, a, <laughs> I got a lot of attention. I watched the chat room light up with that one. Let's go to the phone lines. We have Zane who's been waiting patiently from Kansas. Zane, welcome to Beyond Reality Radio. Uh, thanks, guys. Hey, Zane. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, never really tuned into this, but I've always been, uh, you know, interested in, you know, metaphysics. Uh, ever since I was a kid, I've always had strange things happen to me. And my mom, who studied metaphysics, uh, there was a school in Kansas City at one point. She had taken beginner courses. She was always able to, to coach me through things. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now that I'm a father, I have a, a three-year-old, three-and-a-half-year-old son, and, uh, I've noticed a couple of things that kind of reminds me of myself when I was a kid having paranormal, uh, you know, circumstances around me. Okay. And I don't really know how to approach, you know, uh, especially someone at such a young age, but my, my son telling him that, you know, it's going to be all right and that things, these things aren't something you should be scared of, you know? Well, is he expressing uh, that he's fearful of them right now? That's kind of difficult. It's really hard to communicate with a three-year-old, but I know for a fact that uh, since I don't have full custody over him, at his mom's house, he has no problem sleeping by himself or anything like that. But for whatever reason, at my house, which is where I grew up and had paranormal encounters, he has a hard time sleeping. He has, you know, he's terrified of the dark. He's just, he has a certain aspect around him that's kind of fearful. Okay. And well, the main, uh, the main thing is, it's just it's normal of, uh, for that kind of triggered me because these were the same things I would you know tell my mom that she'd coach me through. Well, there's but there's two different elements here. Being uh, f- afraid of the dark is sort of a common thing that goes back to the beginning of man because of course we were more vulnerable at night uh, while other animals could see us. So that that's just bred into us. There's nothing we can do about that. But the fact of the matter is, if he's not expressing fear of of the paranormal well then i don't think there's any reason to really discuss it or to uh to uh you know tell him not to worry about these things and the minute you tell him not to worry about it you're sort of installing the fear into him it's just you know they're not born with the fear of these things it's like you can sit there as a child and watch the movie the haunted mansion and and love the movie and not have one bit of fear but as an adult you sit back and you think even though it's a comedy you're sitting back thinking my god that'd be terrifying to to have all these ghosts around you but a child's not not feeling that because they've never been taught that these things are fearful so to be honest if he's not expressing any bit of fear then uh towards these things i wouldn't i wouldn't uh, touch it one way or another if he comes up and talks to you well that's a different uh, that's a different story but also <clears throat> I, I would just approach it in a, in a in an open manner i find it strange that he's only afraid of the dark you know at my house you know my childhood house where I had the same paranormal encounters I encountered, you know, at a young age, too. Yeah. Um, and my mom had told me long ago that she had the same things happen to her as a child, 
and uh, she had certain paranormal uh, encounters that she kind of shut out from her uh, from her mind and from her thoughts, and eventually they went away. And I've realized I've done the same thing, but I don't know exactly if I want my son to do that. Is that mean is that be the best for my son? Well, I, I wouldn't close anybody off, but also if you get a chance, go into the chat room while you, you know, if if you're near a computer or whatever, and there's Taps Family Chris P in there. And honestly, we've got Taps groups in your area that can always come by and take it and check it out and and go from there. Uh, Chris actually helps run the Taps Family groups in all the different states. So head into the chat room, let her know I sent you, and uh, she can she can possibly get somebody out to you to at least see what's going on there, see if they're able to document okay. anything. Okay. Okay. All right. Hope that helps yeah, you out, Zane. Yeah, it's always you know it's always difficult, as you know, Jay. You know, we've got a child involved, and your 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 most concern is your is the best in, interest in the welfare of the child. You don't want them to be scared, but at the same time, like you said, you don't want to introduce the fear either. Well, that's it exactly. And the minute you do that, then the child's going to feed off of that from you because they're learning from you as the adult. Thanks for listening. It's Beyond Reality Paranormal. We'll see you next time.